0: The following podcast is a production of the Factual Data Creations facility. Ninety-eight Welcome to the OFNT Podcast, episode 172, which I'm calling Disaster Averted. I must apologize for the horrible audio quality of last week's episode and the awkward placement of the mid-roll ad. As far as the audio goes, I think it was the digital audio workstation I'm using, because it has happened to me previously. Now, about that weirdly placed advertisement... For some reason, my hosting service would not allow me to change their automated placement as I normally do, no matter how many times I attempted to do so. So hopefully this week's episode will be trouble-free. Knock on wood. Tech News. Well, DigitalTrends.com is reporting on Apple analyst Mark Gurman's report on what the giant fruit company has cooking as far as Mac computers go. Mr. Gurman has a solid record of accuracy with the leaks he provides from Apple. Mr. Gurman is predicting a few surprise announcements concerning Macs coming either in late 2023 or early 2024. I'd like to see an announcement that Apple is lowering prices on their Mac computers and other products like that's ever going to happen. Amongst the predictions Mr. Gurman shared were, the 14- and 16-inch MacBook Pro models will get the M3 Pro and Max chips. The 13-inch MacBook Pro will get the M3 chip. And there are two new MacBook Air models in the pipeline. What's meant by new is my question. I think we'll see chip upgrades and that's about it. We've already gotten the highly anticipated 15-inch Air, and the 13-inch version has a M2 chip model along with an older design M1 model. So maybe a M3 chipped Air, and then what? Unless Apple intends to bring back the 11-inch MacBook Air, which would excite some Mac users. My first MacBook was an 11-inch MacBook Air, which I promptly took back to Best Buy and traded it back in for a 13-inch model. That screen was just too darn small for me. A lot of people love that size for some reason, though. I bet you that those folks didn't wear prescription glasses. Besides these computers, Mr. Gurman reported that the 24-inch iMac, that is the model I happen to be very interested in, will get a refresh. Probably an M2 or 3 chip and hopefully more colors. I'd like to see a space gray color added to the lineup. The most interesting supposed leak Mr. Gurman provided was that of a 30-inch screened iMac. Shortly after debuting the 24-inch iMac... Apple deleted the 27-inch iMac and iMac Pro from its computer lineup, with the tech world expecting their replacements coming soon. Well, it's been over two years, and there's still no new larger iMac models, so here's hoping this turns out to be true. You know, I'd love to have a 30-inch 5K screened iMac, but I already know I wouldn't be able to afford it, or should I say, I'd refuse to pay Apple's asking price for one. With Reddit starting to charge millions of dollars per month for the use of its data, Many third-party apps have shut down, including the one I use, the Apollo app. Some third-party apps are going to attempt to hang in there by either starting to charge a subscription price or dramatically raising the price of their current subscription. I don't use Reddit enough to want to pay a subscription for an app, so I'll probably just use the inferior official Reddit app or maybe their webpage. I understand the reason why Reddit has done this, but I feel the company could have handled it a lot better. Well, the Google Fold was released last week, and there has been a lot of pissed-off users of the phone complaining about a bevy of issues, such as the factory-installed screen protector peeling off, which causes scratches on the main screen, the screen failing, and various mechanical problems with the mechanism, which allows the screen to be folded. Now, you know why Apple hasn't released a foldable screen model. The technology really isn't there yet. The Pixel Fold is in its first generation, and all the bugs haven't been worked out yet. You know, I normally don't purchase the first generation of any tech, and the two times that I did, though I didn't experience any breakage, I was disappointed. The first generation Apple Watch I purchased back in 2015, while well, not a disappointment, was limited in its usefulness and painfully slow. A year later, I ignored the reviews of the first generation butterfly keyboard and bought myself the First, MacBook Pro, which was equipped with one. The keys made a horrible clacking sound while in use, and there was virtually no key travel, which felt really strange. If you're an old fossil like myself, you might remember the Color Computer 2 from Radio Shack. No. While the computer itself was great, the keyboard was horrible. That's exactly what the first generation of Apple's butterfly keyboard felt like. It was so bad that I hardly used the thing and wound up trading it in for the 2019 MacBook Pro I use now. While still equipped with a butterfly keyboard, the latest and last generation of it, it isn't that bad. My current MacBook Air is equipped with the previous generation of the butterfly keyboard, but for some reason, I prefer it over the later generation. Go figure. What I'm trying to say here is never buy the first generation of any tech. Wait for the company to work out the kinks first. You'll save yourself some grief. Last week, President Biden, along with Vice President Harris, announced a $42.5 billion program with the goal of providing reliable and affordable high-speed internet service to every household and business within the United States. This is something I support, of course, but I have some concerns. Remember the surcharges we were all paying or perhaps still pay that were tacked onto our phone bills? These government-mandated surchargers were there to pay for fiber-optic Internet lines to be rolled out throughout the nation. You know, I remember them actually doing that in my neck of the woods, completing it a few years ago. Now, did I get upgraded to fiber-optic Internet service? No. Did my Internet speeds increase to what I pay for? No. Now I can get fiber-optic Internet service to my home, but I have to pay an expensive hookup charge, and the service would almost double the cost for Internet service that I pay now. I guess this has benefited someone, just not my household. This just-announced program does seem to have requirements for those states who wish to participate, but I fear the money will be siphoned off somehow, and either many people will still have no access to high-speed internet service, or will have to pay an arm and a leg to get it. What do you think? Reuters is reporting that Communist China-owned Baidu claims its new artificial intelligent bot beats ChatGPT on some metrics. The company said in a statement last Tuesday that Ernie three point five, Baidu's AI model, has surpassed ChatGPT in comprehensive ability scores and outperformed GPT four in several Chinese capabilities. I guess Ernie three point five can identify and locate dissidents faster than ChatGPT. But hey, Microsoft will catch up quickly. I jest, maybe. This might also explain Microsoft reportedly being hacked last month. <laughs> Again, I jest. Maybe. I reported on old Ernie Bot a while back when Baidu held a big announcement event introducing the company's AI tech without having a live demonstration of it, just slides and a video. Baidu's stock took a hit after that, if I'm remembering correctly. You know, I'm growing very weary of AI. Well, That wraps up another slow tech week as the drought continues. should be heating up the closer we get to autumn. (music) Tech I'm using. How's that for some intro music? Now, speaking of dry spells, this section is also in the middle of one with no end in sight, as my financial resources are currently directed towards legal matters, which, if they happen to go my way, may usher in a cornucopia of tech purchases. Fingers crossed. Anyhow, Microsoft's SwiftKey app for iOS, which I currently use in lieu of the iPhone's native keyboard, has had a minor update which fixed a niggling problem I had with the app. For all SwiftKey's great features, like better auto-correction, for example, you could never get it to exactly match iOS like the native keyboard did, no matter what theme you chose. To most users, this probably wasn't a problem, but it always bothered me. Well, this new update addresses that, and I immediately took the option for SwiftKey to mimic the color and layout of the native iOS keyboard. Maybe Apple's announcement at the last WWDC that it had improved the look and feel of autocorrect of iOS's keyboard spurred this update. Heck, Microsoft announced a while back that it would discontinue SwiftKey for iOS. Chat GPT must have changed their minds. I'll have to test out Apple's new iOS keyboard when iOS 17 arrives to see if I stick with SwiftKey. Though I don't listen to music as often as I used to, I'm kind of missing Spotify for some reason. I canceled my subscription back in December as part of my retirement services purge. I made that particular decision because I have the Apple One Premier subscription bundle, which includes Apple Music. What I miss about Spotify is its recommendations. My music tastes align with European ones as I spent time there during my misguided youth while serving in the military. Apple Music recommends music that people of my age was listening to back in what someone keeps telling me was called the day. Problem is, I wasn't living in this country for most of that time, so my taste in music is skewed, which messes with the algorithm. As I said before, I just don't listen to music as often as I once did, so I can't justify subscribing to Spotify again. Another victim of the great purge that I recently reinstated was Microsoft Office 365. Unfortunately, it was again purged as I just wasn't using it. I've gotten used to pages and actually prefer it now in comparison to Word for word processing. Again, go figure. A surprise new purge victim is the Peloton digital app that I still use and love. The instructors I like the most are out of the London studios and recently Peloton has been cutting back on classes from them. Well, at least the types of classes I want to take. The doubling of the subscription fee to be implemented come December also contributed to this decision. If and when I buy a Peloton bike, I'll be forced to subscribe again. If my legal movements bear any fruit, that will be a strong possibility of me actually buying a Peloton bike. If you've been wondering why the title of this episode is Disaster Averted and what particular disaster has been averted, well, you've come to the right place. My current episode workflow goes like this. On Monday morning, I create a new document using Apple Pages from a template I've made on my iPad and title it by episode number. During the week, I gather items I find interesting using various news feeds using my iPad and save them. I also use Apple Notes for jotting down ideas and items for the episode. Thursday evening, I sit down and sort things out and structure them within the various sections within my document. Friday and Saturday evening, I write the script for the show, and Sunday morning, I edit the document. Sometimes I don't write the story or rant until Sunday morning. When all looks good, I head to the studio and record. Well, this past week, I've been very busy, so I didn't get to sit down and write the script until Saturday evening, putting off the story part until Sunday morning. The bulk of the script is written on one of my MacBooks, or sometimes both, and that was the case this time. I used both my Pro and Air to write the script. So Sunday morning rolls around, and I attempt to open the document on my iPad so I can write the story and then do the final edit. There was one problem, though. The document didn't contain any of the writing I had done last night. I quickly grabbed my MacBook Air, which was the last computer I used, and thankfully the document was still there until it wasn't. It just disappeared in front of my eyes. Obviously, iCloud had failed to sync properly, something that's happened to me in the past, but that version of the document had to be somewhere. Now, if you are familiar with Word and have the autosave feature on, all versions of your document will be displayed when you click on File in the header. Well, it doesn't work that way within Pages. You have to click File, then Revert To, and then scroll a software version of a click wheel to find the version you want to restore. And it took me a long time to figure this out for some reason. Now, I don't blame Pages. I blame iCloud for this near disaster. And this had me reevaluating my recent decision to discontinue my subscription to Office 365. Entertainment News. Hey, those new movie flops just keep on coming, don't they? Anyway, with the season endings of just about all of the old Fort household's favorite television series, I open up the old Apple TV Plus app in search of something watchable. Well, I found the shows Hijacked and Silo, which will help fill the void. And Foundation returns in a week, so there's that too. The final season of Jack Ryan has started on Amazon Prime, so I'll be all on board for that. You know, Amazon Prime once had a solid lineup of shows, but lately they seem to be slowly exiting the streaming business as all the series I enjoyed previously have ended or are ending. All these shows are becoming few and far between. Have you noticed this also?
1: When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at grammarly.com/podcast. That's g r a m m a r l y.com/podcast. Easier said, done.
0: Podcast News. The Stitcher subscription-based podcast listening app Will be discontinued at the end of August with it being folded into the Sirius XM app. Stitcher started 16 years ago and was one of the oldest subscription based listening apps. As Podcasting Incorporated continues to bleed money, expect more apps like these to just go away. The people have spoken. Exclusivity is just not profitable. And this is the good thing, in my opinion. Podcasting should be an open ecosystem. We'll see less censoring and more competition in the future. At least that's what I'm hoping for. Mr. Max Cutler, founder and former CEO of podcast production studio Parcast, which was bought by Spotify and recently folded into Spotify Studios, had an interesting take on Spotify's apparent failure with podcast production. During an interview with Founder Magazine, Mr. Cutler stated that Spotify's problem was going after expensive Hollywood talent instead of concentrating on quality production. Just because Hollywood types can convincingly repeat pre-written lines in front of a camera, it doesn't mean that they actually have the personality needed for an audio-only production. (laughs) Yet more layoffs or freezing of hiring were announced last week within Podcasting Incorporated along with the discontinuing of current shows, mostly in the so-called public broadcasting sphere, as the money stream has all but dried up during these tough economic times. Studios like NPR, New York Public Radio, etc., have plush studios filled with expensive microphones and audio processors that most independents could only dream about using, much less owning. If these studios were really serious about giving a voice to underserved communities, they would sell off most of their gear to fund these now canceled shows. You know, they could get by with a Rodecaster Pro and four SM7B microphones for a cost of less than just one of their Neumann mics. You know, they won't do this, though. It's story time again. This week I have a very short story for you. That's because of the averted disaster I spoke about in the tech I'm using section and the time it took to resolve it. The title of this story is Felicity was Frightened. Like most teenagers of the time, Weekends were for drinking cheap beer and hanging around with friends outside, no matter what the weather. My routine was after drinking my last beer of the evening, I would go home to be greeted by my father who was always, and I do mean always, either lying on the couch in the living room passed out, or sitting upon it, drinking and smoking. After a short greeting, I would get the leash out and walk my dog in the wooded area next to my house. My dog was a female husky mix named Felicity and was a very active animal, to say the least. As soon as she would hear the rattle of the leash, she would come barreling down the hallway towards me, almost knocking me down with excitement. After hooking her up, we'd walk for about twenty minutes before I was forced to drag her home. She never wanted to go back home. After the walk, I'd head upstairs to my room for the night. This particular night I'm talking about was in mid-February, and we had just had a snowstorm followed by an ice storm, so everything was coated with ice. I greeted my father, grabbed the leash, almost got knocked down by Felicity, and headed out into the dark winter wonderland. Now, the one thing about Felicity is that she never got angry and was absolutely fearless. She'd check out anything with no hesitation. On this particular walk, we were out for about 10 minutes when I heard a deep growl coming from somewhere above us, within the trees. It was a deep sort of growl that I've never heard before or since. I looked down at my fearless dog as she stood there, shaking with her tail tucked between her legs, the universal sign of fright in the dog world. Though my thought process was slowed by the six-pack of beer I consumed that night, I knew that if Felicity was afraid, Whatever was growling at us from up in the trees couldn't have been good, and that whatever it was just didn't want us there. Now, instead of me dragging Felicity back towards the house, that night Felicity dragged me towards the house. Upon arriving home, my father commented on the quicker-than-usual dog walk. Well, I just made some excuse about it being cold out and said my goodnights and headed upstairs to my room. Now, to my knowledge, there are no animals large enough to make the growl I heard that night native to this area, and to this day I have no idea what my dog and I heard, but I'm just glad we didn't stick around and find out. music is playing, so that means it's time to start wrapping this thing up. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it for you. If you like what you heard, you can make a donation using the link in the show notes. Please do. I'm going broke here. Any and all donations will be appreciated. And you know, you can always reach me at OFNTpodcast at gmail.com if you're so inclined. I'd enjoy hearing from you. Drop me a line. Remember... Don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. You know, it's getting a bit muggy out there these days, so get off my lawn and find some shade. Happy Independence Day for those who celebrate it. For everyone else, have a happy Fourth of July. The pressure is now on you. (laughs) Remember, stay skeptical. I'm out.
1: See you. <laughs> What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health.